Welcome to General Conference Review, the podcast where we provide peanut gallery commentary and sometimes thought-provoking analysis of the semi-annual General Conference of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Hosted by a team of experienced and professional individuals. Well, maybe not professional, more like average, like very average and kind of knowledgeable. Our podcast offers an average Joe's insight and reflections on the teachings and doctrines presented during the conference. But we don't stop there. We also encourage our listeners to review the conference talks for themselves in order to gain the fullest understanding and benefit from the messages shared. As a Christian podcast, we strive to to create an engaging and informative experience for listeners of all backgrounds, drawing on the desire to follow the prophets and, and apostles, which offer a unique perspective on the teachings of Jesus Christ. Join us as we explore the latest teachings and messages from the leaders of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and dive deep into the spiritual insights that can be gained from studying the words of the prophets. Hello and welcome back to General Conference Review. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Todd Bruce, and joining me as usual is Kevin Beamer. Hey, Kevin, how you doing? Doing, uh, oh, I got to think of a different word. Uh, Phenomenal today. Uh, doing phenomenal. Phenomenal cosmic powers. Uh, <laughs> good. I'm glad you're feeling phenomenal. Uh, uh, Kevin and I just had a week off. Uh, we were supposed to record last week, but we had a big forest fire up near our town in uh, in the Elk Valley, and uh, it turned my life a little chaotic there for a, a hot minute. And then uh, and then we both went to Moroni's Quest, so we just didn't have the time last week, and uh, and it was disappointing. Uh, but it's uh, we're we're right back on the horse. So uh, here we are with uh, uh, we're going to discuss um, Mark Elder Mark A. Bragg of the seventy. It's a Saturday evening session of General Conference. His talk is titled "Christlike Poise." And again, we're through the prophets and apostles, and now we get to pick uh, some personal favorites. So I think I picked the last couple. So I think it's going to be Te- Ke- Kevin's turn here soon. Um, but we're on Christ-like poise. Kevin, any thoughts about the talk or any th- th- thoughts about the week? Uh, <clears throat> no, it's, I think about it. We've got some good stuff here today from this talk. And, uh, yeah, we had a really good, really good week of Moroni's Quest. My voice is still a little bit off. It's coming back. Oh, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, we had a lot of fun. It was good. We were, Very- I were both actors in Moroni's Quest and I got my favorite scene was when I died as Lehigh. Um, <laughs> to lay on the bed and have a blanket put over me and uh then i had to bear testimony later on to during a quest for light we bore testimony to 12 different tribes uh kevin was king noah at one point and they they had him join the quest for light and bear his testimony except for he did it in a very king noah-ish way uh he was very loud and and uh um you know preposterous almost and 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 it was amazing i had a lot of compliments about how well kevin did on his on his King Noah uh, t- uh, testimony and how, how real he was. Um, but Kevin lost his voice after. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Uh, Todd, Todd, you died well. I thought you were going to say your favorite part was you died so you didn't have to do it anymore. <laughs> well, that's why. I can act. I can lay under a blanket. I was, I was in character. I was, anyway, it was good. And I got sucked into acting. I didn't uh, plan to act, but I, I was the only one with gray hair that they figured would, would work for Lehigh the best. So, and then they covered my head the entire time. Nobody could see my gray hair at all. Yeah. But he's anyway, not upset about it. It was, uh, <laughs> it. it was a good time. And I enjoyed the people we got to work with. 
which brings me to uh, the first thing I highlighted in Christlike Poise. He shares a story about uh, about the legendary basketball coach John Wooden and some advice some advice he was given. And uh, and the part I highlighted the most was be a good man in a storm. And uh, and I just I loved it because um, it's easy to be that guy or that individual. Uh, it's easy to say the things, but is it, it? Are we able to do them? Are we able to do them when it's sunny and and life is good? <clears throat> and to do this, those same things when life is is challenging and difficult. And so that's kind of what this talk is about: is about maintaining that poise and maintaining that standard, regardless of what's coming our way. Well, and going against uh, the easy way, right? Do it choosing that hard. Yeah. I think of this. Uh, you know, we're going to mention Quest, Murray's Quest quite a bit because it was very powerful. We literally just got back from it uh, like three days ago, <clears throat> two days ago. <clears throat> and at Murray's Quest, Todd and I had a discussion of where, like where we we're like, oh, yeah, I could see doing this a little bit different, doing this a little bit different. But then coming up with and saying, well, hold on, why are we focusing on the negative when 97% of this has been fantastic? But But it's that's how we are. And I, th I think like that statement to be a good man in a storm also extends to that when people are, are finding the negative in life, can you find the positive still? Cause it's really easy to get into that sort of spiraling of at piling on negative, piling on negative, piling on negative. Very, very easy. And, and I like, I like the, um, you know, focusing on the good and be ex accept what somebody has to offer. And I know, I know, I was uh, not looking forward to the acting because during the rehearsals, they kept asking me, "What am I going to say here? And what am I going to say? What are you going to say there?" Uh, I haven't thought about it yet, honestly. <laughs> I have so many things going on. I'm not too worried about what I'm going to say in that moment. I'll probably think of it think of it about 15 minutes before I actually have to say something. And I did, and I said something, and it was fine, and it worked out. Um, you know, but the rehearsals were so panicked and, and, and stressful that it was, it almost took the fun out of it. But uh, yeah, to, and to be fair, we didn't make it any easier. <laughs> we were not good men in the star and we mocked mercilessly. Mercilessly. We got grief for giving a thumbs up and they're like, if I wouldn't have given thumbs up. So we gave the rest of the day, every chance we had to give a thumbs up or thumbs down. Yeah. We were, we were the pork director. Um, She's, she's a saint. Um, anyway, poise has a much broader application to life and can bless parents, leaders, missionaries, teachers, students, and everyone else facing storms life. Spiritual poise blesses us to stay calm and focus on what matters most, especially when we are under pressure. President Hugh B. Brown taught faith in God and in the ultimate triumph of a right uh, contributes to mental and spiritual poise in the face of difficulties. And to me, this comes back to uh, um, King Benjamin and uh, the families coming to hear King Benjamin and they all pitch their tents facing the temple, right? What are we focused on? Are we focused on the negative things? Are we focused on the woe is me's? Are we focused on um, God and Jesus Christ and look at the positives that we do get? Like, again, we could have 97% of the things work great. Are we focusing on the 3%? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and uh, when I talk about poise, a lot of that comes to me that is wisdom. We learn wisdom and then we're able to implement this poise. I think of this all the time with my kids. 
they've got some high anxiety sometimes and it's this big terrible thing and then you can't sleep at night you're worried about it and then it comes it happens it's not that big of a deal yeah but even knowing that the last time it wasn't a big deal it still doesn't impact next time it still goes through the same process but 20 30 years down the road hopefully we finally get to a point where it's more manageable right very small baby steps i think as we build up our poise it takes so long it's not an immediate like oh yeah now i'm unflappable (laughs) it's not how it works not at all i think it's i think it's a learned thing i i come back to i have this uh mental or uh uh, theory or i'm sure it's already a theory out there um of of generations um so my grandfather had a temper so my dad decided he wasn't gonna have a temper he wasn't gonna lose it on with his kids he was gonna be uh calm cool and collected and so i grew up with a dad who was not frustrating first like he, he when he got mad he tried to bottle it up but um and and not really uh, come unglued on his kids but I so I had a mom who did who was on my case regularly so that was my example so that's who I so, so I I don't come unglued on my kids but I I don't give them a, a lot of um, leash should we say uh, a lot of license or a lot of freedom to do a lot of things I, I'm kind of on top of them a fair bit and uh, as they earn trust they're given more and more freedom and anyway it's it's a little um theory or philosophy I have that, that uh, the generations kind of teach each other different things. And um, mm-hmm. it's a learned thing. I, I, I firmly believe it's a learned thing. And it's a, uh, as we, uh, as we experience things, we, we, we get better. Uh, hopefully that's, that's. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Uh, side note, your poor mom though, you were the last of a whole bunch of little brats, right? Like, come on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, was they they made perfection and they stopped having kids after that <laughs> well and when i was 14 13 14 my parents started fostering so they fostered probably uh i don't know 20 30 different kids over over 25 year gap and but the first uh first family or helped was a, a family of four children so they moved in and um, i was a 14 year old and fairly self-sufficient so i had a lot of freedom <laughs> <laughs> but when I was younger, my mom was on us. She was on us and making sure we were doing the things and making sure we knew how to clean things and do, you know, her line was, uh, you know, you, you can either come and help me do the dishes now, or you can do the dishes later by yourself mm-hmm. or do, do it now and I'll help you. Or you can do it later by yourself. Or she'd say, do you want an answer? I'll give you one now. Or, or if you're willing to be patient, I'll give you a di- maybe a different answer later. <laughs> oh, sorry, mom. Okay. Anyway, she was yeah, she was yeah. a cracker, and and I love her. That's awesome. Uh, there's a really cool story right after this. Uh, I'll just read it. It says President Russell M. Nelson is a wonderful example of spiritual poise. One time, while then Dr. Nelson was performing a quadruple coronary artery bypass, the patient's blood pressure dropped suddenly. Dr. Nelson caught. Calmly assessed the situation and identified that a clamp was accidentally removed by one of the team members. It was replaced immediately, and Dr. Nelson comforted the team member, saying, I still love you, and then added jokingly, Sometimes I love you more than other times. <laughs> he showed how an emergency should be handled with poise, focused only on what matters most, addressing the emergency. 
President Nelson said, it's a matter of extreme self-discipline. Your natural reaction is take me out, coach. I want to go home. But of course you can't. A life is totally dependent on the whole surgical team. So you've got to stay just as calm and relaxed and sharp as you ever were. I just wanted to highlight this story because to me, this is like the goal, <laughs> right? Like figures out the problem calmly. They get it fixed, make, follows it up with love. And then to take a little bit of that uh, awkwardness off makes a small little joke, right? Yeah. And as a father that and as a husband, that's where I want to get to rather than, uh, oh, now I'm ornery or I'm a curmudgeon yeah. now because this didn't happen how I wanted it to. And <clears throat> yeah. What's yeah, that? I just, yeah. What's that line? I wish I want my kids to know that they can always come home and mm-hmm. that, I, that I will love and like embrace them and not like be on their case about a mistake. Like mm-hmm. I, love, I just love how he responded to that mistake. He, that team yeah. knew full well they messed up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what is him yelling and screaming about it going to change? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> anyway, sorry. No, it's great. That was lovely hopping in there. Uh, there's then a quick uh, paragraph just a little bit lower where he talks about Peter versus Jesus. And I'm just going to read that paragraph. It says, to contrast the difference between losing and maintaining poise, think about what happened as Christ and his apostles left the Garden of Gethsemane. When confronted by soldiers seeking to arrest Jesus, Peter's reaction was to lose his poise and lash out violently by cutting off the ear of the high priest's servant, <clears throat> Malchus. Jesus Christ's reaction, on the other hand, was to keep his poise and to bring calm to a tense situation by healing Malchus. I like this idea of taking that next level to overcome the natural man, right? Peter's put into a very stressful situation, that sort of fight or flight instinct kicks in, which is important to have in many situations. But Christ was above that natural man reaction, which I think is so lovely. Uh, And once again, sometimes that natural man reaction is what saves us. And it's important to, to have those to be able to act on those. But I just love this goal of slowly overcoming the natural man that you're able to just be in control and have that poise, that peace. Well, and I think at that point of the the evening, the Savior is, was pretty exhausted already mm-hmm. with you know the, the tribulations that he had gone through with the atonement. Uh, and... Uh, was was kind of over. I I can't I can't say exactly, but I would have to think he would be over fighting and contention. Mm-hmm. Over it, just be like, let's just can we just not? Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. yeah, that that might be an oversimplification, but uh, anyway, that's how that's how I kind of view it. But um, I actually read a, a funny a meme or joke or comic strip, and it was uh, in the book of Matthew. Quoting the book of Matthew, a sir, um, one of the disciples chopped off at the ear, and then the book of Mark, one of the disciples chopped off an ear in the book of Luke, uh, one of the disciples chopped off the ear in, in the book of John. It was Peter. Peter chopped off his ear. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, I thought that was funny. It made, it made me laugh when I read it. <laughs> but um, yeah, I just I appreciated that. And I you know it's it's hard. And that's a learning thing for Peter. And Peter gets his butt kicked. You know, first yeah. off, Savior says, if you won't let me wash your feet, it's like you don't know. 
uh, he rebukes him a couple of times. Um, he he gets rebuked for falling asleep. Uh, he gets rebuked for for trying to defend the savior uh, and chopping off Malchus's ear, and then he further denies Christ three times. Like that's a rough day. And uh, anyway, he has opportunities, lots of opportunities to learn and to grow and to, to be better. And um, so if we, we fail, don't beat ourselves up. We're just having opportunities yeah. to grow. Um, I like this sentence here, this line, uh, just a little further down. I think we're about two or three, two paragraphs down from where you read. He goes, knowing uh, who we are and being true to our divine identity brings calm. Christ-like poise requires that we avoid comparing ourselves to others or pretending to be someone we're not. Joseph Smith taught, if men do not comprehend the character of God, they do not comprehend themselves. It is just not possible to have divine poise without knowing that we are divine sons and daughters of a loving Heavenly Father. And uh, I like this this comparing or pretending to be someone we're not. Uh, I've shared stories before about uh, people who get called into uh, high-profile word callings, and they, their response is, well, I'm not this person, I'm not that person. And my response has been, great. Because if the Lord wanted that person, he would have called that person. <laughs> he, wants, he wants you. And, and actually, this last, uh, right after Moroni's Quest, we had a fifth Sunday lesson on Moroni's Quest and, and uh, the Book of Mormon and whatnot. And, um, we had youth bearing testimony, and I had the release or the young woman's president, who's been in there, I don't know, a year, year, three months, uh, just come up, just emotional, and we hugged and and we got to talk a little bit, just you know, um, quietly while the other people were talking in the chapel, and you know, she just was thanked me for calling her, and I said, well, don't thank me, it's thank the Lord, and mm-hmm. and, uh, and I said I knew that. And I felt that revelation and inspiration that you were the person. I didn't know how it was going to happen. I didn't know how it was going to be or how it was all going to work out. But I felt like you were the person for this role. And, and you, you've done a great job. And anyway, she was she she broke down further. And, uh, it was uh, anyway. It was a good a good moment. But um, man, she's she didn't need to be anybody else. She just needed to be herself. And we yeah. don't need to be anybody else. We just need to be ourselves. And yeah. Remember who we are. Uh, 100%. I'm going to go off topic on a tangent here because this is what we do. (laughs) So we'll keep true to ourselves. Uh, Moroni's Quest, for those of you that haven't done it, it follows some stories of the Book of Mormon. You pick them. You pick whatever you want to do. I'm sure there's a template that someone's got that most people do a similar thing. Uh, And then they have the third Nephi lovely time when Christ Mm. visits. Yeah. Uh, and we did this. So our Mormon's Quest started on Wednesday morning. And on Friday, around lunchtime, we did Christ's visit. <clears throat> and I've never seen reverence like this in my entire life from youth. There are, We had about 150 youth at our quest, about 50 to 70 leaders. And there was reverence for like an hour and a half, hour and a half for our Christ walked around hugging and talking to people for a few seconds. Reverence that I've never experienced from youth in my entire life. Uh, Never in the temple has it ever been this reverent. It was on a different level. And it wasn't, the youth were not told (laughs) that they had to be specially reverent. They were told 
you know, just be reverent in general, I would assume, but it was on a different level. Yeah, it changed. It, it definitely changed when, from a regular reenactment to the holy crap, that guy, that's there, there's the savior walking down. Or yeah. Representing the savior. And what, what does this, like, and we had, we had a non-member in our, in our unit, in our ward, who didn't want to hug the savior. And we were okay with that. But uh, he eventually got in line and hugged the savior. And then he went and snuck back in line and hugged him again. <laughs> Which I'm not. I'm not mad at either. No, that's lovely. That's what he needed. That's he should definitely do that. But um, you but know, then it was, it, was a, it was a neat or a, a lovely experience. But then it was interesting to see the after effects of that. I talked to a buddy today. I was helping him with something that was at Quest. He was a tribe leader, and he's like, "You know what? After that happened, all of a sudden I was super huggy." That's what he was talking about. Oh yeah. And, and as he said that, he's like, "You know what?" I had this experience where I was ready to show more peace, more calm, more love because of that experience. And I think that's what this is talking about. When you know who you are, when you realize more profoundly the character of God and his son, Jesus Christ, we're able to act with more poise. And so it was just really cool to see that that stark contrast where we, we, you know, it's not like it wasn't a great experience up until then. It was, there were great spiritual moments already. Lots of fun that the, everybody had, but then all of a sudden it's like this went up a next level and you could see the difference that came over everyone. Yeah. Or at least most people. I'm just, I can't speak for everyone, but yeah, you could see it. <clears throat> yeah. It was, it was, it was pretty epic. It was wonderful. A uh, couple paragraphs down, <laughs> talks about a divine plan. It says, next, remembering that there is a grand plan engenders courage and poise in challenging conditions. Nephi could go and do, as the Lord commanded, not knowing beforehand the things that he was to do, because he knew that he would be led by the Spirit in fulfillment of the eternal plan of a loving Heavenly Father. Poise comes when we see things from an eternal perspective. The Lord has counseled his disciples to lift up your eyes and to let the solemnities of eternity rest upon your minds. By framing challenging times within an eternal plan, pressure becomes a privilege to love, serve, teach, and bless. An eternal view enables Christ-like poise. And just going back to that example I just gave, like, this ties in with that as well. Like, all of a sudden, you're able to, to go out and above yourself. It's uh, it's a cliche thing in the gospel to be like, you know, have an eternal perspective or, you know, remember who you are, what you stand for. And like, that's a, a joke we say to our kids when, when, uh, actually, I say them to your kids too when we see them. Yeah. <laughs> when they're heading off, we're like, remember who you are and what you stand for. And your kids yeah. will let us just like our kids do. It's wonderful. Um, <laughs> but, but it's, it's, it's cliche, but it's, there's a reason why it's one of the primary answers. It's like a scripture study and, and prayer. It's, it it makes a a difference. It makes Mm -hmm. a difference. We can have an eternal perspective and we can focus on the positive things. We can have a Christ centered home, man. These things aren't just needle movers. They're needle like crushers. It puts us on a whole different length, a whole different gauge, a whole different level. Yeah. 
and and it's hard though to have that eternal view and it's important why we you know get into things that will help us get that eternal view oftentimes it makes me think of getting in better shape or losing weight which is something i've been wanting to do for a little bit again and uh it's really easy to be like oh yeah i'm gonna do this and then the evening comes around and it was a tough day and it's like you know what would be great at chocolate <laughs> Go for a bread pan full of ice cream right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah, that's that's what I had last night, Todd. Uh, but <laughs> uh, so, but that's the same with our spiritual goals. Is we come up and we're like, yeah, eternal perspective means that this is how I act, and then all of a sudden, when you're it clicks, it's life changing. <laughs> Absolutely, we we had a talk with our boys yesterday. We were going for a walk, and we were talking about. Uh, the, the degrees of glory. And, and we said, uh, an interesting thing about the celestial kingdom is that anyone who wants to go to the celestial kingdom will go, will we'll be there. However, um, we're going to go where we're most comfortable. So if we're not mm-hmm. living the celestial law, we're not going to end up in the celestial kingdom by our own choice. Mm-hmm. But there's covenants and there's ordinances that are required. But even even through the covenants and ordinances, if we're not comfortable living that higher law, I, I don't think we're going to be there mm-hmm. by choice. We're going to choose to be where we're most comfortable. Yeah, uh, having that eternal perspective of where we want to be, I think helps change our our mindset a little bit about what really what where is the value in what I do. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and what I and what I put my efforts and time into. Mm-hmm. Uh, he carries on. He goes, the, the enabling power of Christ made possible by his atoning sacrifice gives us the strength to endure and prevail. Because of Jesus Christ, we can covenant with God and be strengthened in keeping that covenant. We can be bound to the Savior in joy and calm, regardless of our temporal circumstances. I'm not sure there's much to add to that. Yeah, no, it's a great, great uh paragraph it's just uh once again right that figuring out taking it from that theory to reality of oh this is actually something that can happen uh the atonement is for me it's not just for repentance it's for all these things and i have this loving savior that will help me no matter what my circumstances in life are really great So good. And a lot of a lot more of what we've been talking about, but it's mm-hmm. um, about doing the things and being the being the people and being the the men in the storm, mm-hmm. and keeping our peace. And there and there is power in keeping covenants and having covenants and strength that we get there. And sometimes when we haven't experienced that, we don't. We're like, how is that possible? I've not noticed that. Yeah, but there is power there. <clears throat> I think it's like it's it's uh, having a testimony of uh, keeping your covenants is much like having a testimony. Period. It's a person, mm-hmm. and you don't really understand it until you have one. Yeah. Until you Absolutely. have that, until you have that experience. You don't you know love the temple until you love the temple. Yeah. You know, scriptures until you really have an appreciation and love for the scriptures, and it's no different than with with keeping covenants. It's it's a nice it's a buzzword in the church, but until we really recognize the strength that we are given through our keeping our covenants um it's just a nice word and when we recognize it man it, it again it changes things it puts us on a different level mm-hmm. 
Yeah, lovely. Uh, we then go on to the story about the apostles and our saviors sleeping on a boat and it gets stormy and the apostles get scared and they wake him up and he gets up and he stops it. And then <laughs> he kind of mic drops it, right? This is what he does. He mic yeah. does a mic drop here. And uh, so I'll just hop in. It says, and then a great lesson and poise for his apostles. He asked, why are ye so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? And this makes me think of <clears throat> scenarios where uh, I've got, I don't know if I'd call it mild anxiety, but because of a little bit of anxiety, I am a, I prepare for things. So if I'm in charge of something, I try to make sure all the prep work's done way ahead of time so that uh, I can rest easy the night before, et cetera, et cetera. And there are some times where I'm not able, maybe based upon who you're relying on to do things, to get the preparation done that would make me feel comfortable. Yeah. And I look at this and I, th I think of, uh, you know, how I would feel in the situation of the apostles because I would, yeah, I've been there. I've been there. And then to be kind of like the Savior's like, I'll look after you. You should know that. I got you. Yeah. <clears throat> it, uh, this, so this last week with this fire, we had a pretty, pretty raging fire. Like you see those pictures of like, you know, maybe forest fires. It was right on the mountain right next to us. Uh, probably a kilometer or two away. Like as the crow, close. it was close. It was right there. We're, our whole area was put on evacuation alert, which means if it changed to an order, we're not allowed at home. We have to leave and we can't come back. Or if we're on Moroni's quest, we won't have a chance to come back home. And so, man, it was on. The fire started Friday, it grew, grew, grew. By Sunday, Monday, we were starting to see raging fire. Like, and, and the weather had no call for rain anywhere. And any of the various apps and websites I looked, nothing, nothing till the, the next weekend. And uh, so, but we've been praying, we've been doing the things and praying. And I, and I started thinking maybe I should be staying home and not going to run his quest. And there's just so many things. And I had the distinct impression, what are you going to do that I couldn't do? Oh yeah, that's good. And I was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> all right. And I, we still made sure to get all of our important documents and all of our things. Yeah out of the alert zone into my parents uh driveway uh so that you know if we had to come and get it we could because it would it was it was a way it was across the river and uh but yeah that little kick butt i was like okay hey, i well i know what i where i need to be and what i need to be doing so i guess mm -hmm. that, that's what i'll do and not worry about the rest i'll like, leave it in the hands of the savior and we got back on saturday and it had rained twice it had rained tuesday uh, like before we even went on Moroni's quest, it, it, we went and dropped off my, my youngest son to grandma's to, to watch him while we were at Moroni's quest. And he, um, we got back into town and it was pouring rain and then it poured rain on Friday and then it poured rain again on Sunday. And, you know, we still have a fire on the mountain, but it's not nearly as raging as it was before. Mm -hmm. Uh, and it just it was a little, it was a little testimony builder for me. It was, it was a good one. How is it that you have no faith? Mm -hmm. And you know, what are you going to do that I couldn't do? Yeah. You know, anyway, it's good. Um, any thoughts, Kevin, before I read this last paragraph? No, I think jump into it. This is beautiful. Well, he goes, it is through Christ and his atonement that all good things come into our lives. As we remember who we are, 
knowing that there is a divine plan of mercy and drawing courage in the strength of the Lord, we can do all things. We will find calm. We will be good women and men in any storm. Uh, and I can testify of the importance of focusing on the most important things. There's too many things in this world to, to, to distract us, to, to, to do whatever. But if, man, if we're focusing on the most important things, the rest can, can wash away and we'll be left with uh, some mighty beautiful things. And, uh, you know, it's hard. It's still hard. The refining process is a, is a difficult process for a reason. But as we, um, as we let go of the less important things, uh, we become changed and we become better. And, uh, and we can focus more on our Savior and more on, on one another and how we can emulate our Savior in all that we do. And we can do that even when it's uh, challenging, when it's stormy, when it's fire. There's a forest fire on a mountain, uh, you know, it's a stone throw away. Mm -hmm. We can be those people and not, and not this, this goes for every, all of us, not just for, uh, you know, Kevin and myself, not just for whoever's listening, thinking that oh, this applies to other people. This applies to each and every one of us. Mm -hmm. We can be those people. And, and it's, uh, you know, it's a process. So we, will, we don't have to be perfect at it. We just got to learn and, uh, and get better. Yeah, I'm going to read the next line just because it's calling to me all of a sudden. Okay. It says, may we seek the blessings of Christ-like poise, not only to help ourselves in challenging times, but to bless others and help them through the storms in their lives. I just wanted to comment because I've felt blessings from others when they've had poise and they've helped out and they've brought this sense of calm and peace. And it's infectious and it spreads. Mm -hmm. And so I think... As we, so, you know, me or you, Todd, as we take the time to grow this poise, as we take the time to focus on the Savior and in turn focus on the things that matter, when we do that, it doesn't just bless us. Well, it blesses our kids. And how you talked about in the, in the earlier, it probably blesses our grandchildren and their children, et cetera, et cetera, our posterity. Yep. But it blesses those that we... Uh, rub shoulders with day to day those that we meet <laughs> and so that christ-like poise it's such a lovely thing of we most of us can think of someone that were like oh that person had poise they sure could calm a situation they could sure help me see you know peace they could sure help me see the good the bad the, the pros and cons of situations and just really ground me again and I think that's a lovely challenge, a blessing to, to find that and impact others like that rather than the other where we're like the screamer and they're like, Oh yeah, I know that guy. He screams and he's always mad. And yelling <laughs> at his kids. Yeah. 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 Cause I was outraged about things. Yeah. No, it's, yeah. um, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for it. I know that, this this question i'm going to say it again right after the savior came things changed i had multiple conversations with multiple where we were like man and we were just talking about each other's virtues and some of the things we really appreciated about each other and you know i'm not really good at pointing them out for myself i'm, I'm great at po po poking holes in my finding my weaknesses but uh <laughs> but it was a neat thing that to have people who i admire greatly uh even suggest that they admired me back <laughs> i was like what i'm a meathead i'm just 
making it up as I go. Yeah. What are you talking about? But uh, I had I had multiple people come up to me and talk to me, and and I just thought, you know, and it, and it makes you feel good, but it also helps you recognize that like the efforts that we're putting in uh, are making a difference. Mm-hmm. And well, uh, yeah, we're just. Well, I got- Go ahead, Todd. Sorry. So we're just doing the work and, and doing what we can. We don't have to do everything, but just do what we can. And, uh, and I'm, I'm grateful for little little tender mercies like that that, that reinforce doing, doing the work. Well, and, and uh, like you said, Todd, is oftentimes I'm really good at if somebody gives me a compliment, uh, sloughing it off and joking and ha, 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 right? Yeah. But uh, I want to tell you how much I love and appreciate you in my life. You're a rock star. You're a sweetheart. You've got a wonderful personality. I was actually just talking to someone recently over the last couple of days and saying, you know what? I'm almost jealous of Todd as a bishop because I would love for him to be my bishop. Not that there's anything wrong with my bishop. I'm not, I'm not saying that, but I can see the work and the effort that you put into things. And I'm like, oh, that man's, he's a good man in a storm. <laughs> and I, I say that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen, Kev. You're going to make me cry. Thanks. I love you. <laughs> Okay. Have a good one. Bye. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to General Conference Review. We hope you've enjoyed our in-depth analysis and commentary on the latest conference talks from leaders of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. If you enjoyed our podcast, please consider subscribing and leaving us a review. But please remember, there is no substitute for your own personal study of the conference talks. We encourage you to read and ponder on these messages and to share your own insights and experiences with loved ones, friends, neighbors, and apply the teachings to help you become a better disciple of Christ. Together, we can deepen our understanding and appreciation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Thank you again for joining us on General Conference Review. We look forward to continuing the conversation with you in future episodes.